You are listening to Elder Law Answers for Attorneys. Elder Law Answers is the leading provider of web-based practice development tools for elder law attorneys. We help firms reach clients with tools designed by elder law attorneys for elder law attorneys. I'm Rebecca Hobbs, the National Director of Elder Law Answers and a practicing elder law attorney in the Philadelphia area. In each episode of Elder Law Answers for Attorneys, we will chat with leading experts in the field of elder law, marketing, and practice development. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking with Stacy Clark. Stacy has been helping lawyers and law firms expand their practices for more than 25 years. She is a former attorney with Morgan Lewis and was the firm's first marketing director. She is the president of Stacy Clark Marketing, a firm that helps law firms grow their businesses. So during our conversation in this episode, we're going to be discussing marketing. Um, we're going to talk about do's and don'ts um, and talk to Cece about what she sees in her consulting business from other attorneys and talk about what works, what's effective, what's worth our time. So hello, Stacy, and welcome. Hi there. Thanks for having me. We're so happy to have you today and to talk about this important topic. Great. Um, so why don't you get us started and just kind of talk to us a little bit about what you see in your consulting business with marketing, which I know is such a broad topic, um, but give us some ideas of what you see other attorneys doing that has proven to be effective. Well, sure. Um, there are traits of great rainmakers, and they're not just for elder lawyers, they're for all lawyers. Great rainmakers have their business antenna up all the time. They genuinely like people. They're engaged in lots of activities. I'm looking at your bio, Rebecca. You certainly are engaged in so many activities, really great ones. Um, and in addition to that, they are curious. They want to get to know people. They are interested instead of interesting. They listen for 90% of a conversation, and then they provide their value-added thoughts for the last 10% of a conversation. So those traits are wonderful ones to have. Some people have them in their DNA and others have mm -hmm. to work a little harder to get them going for them in a great direction. So when I work with attorneys, even those who don't innately possess those traits, we start by identifying who the target audience is for the practice. And state lawyers are so, I'm sorry, elder lawyers are so lucky because it is such a narrow and defined audience. Mm -hmm. so there's an expression that I like to say to my clients, which is fish where the fish are. So figure out where your audience is, um, figure out what your audience is watching, reading, spending time at, networking in, uh, or even living in, or praying in, and those are places where you should be. With elder law attorneys in the past, I've worked with libraries, nursing homes, hospitals, and religious institutions to make sure that we're offering, my attorneys are offering free information that's helpful. So we live in a world right now that I call what's in it for me world, meaning mm -hmm. everyone is only concerned about another person to the extent it's helping them or enriching their life in some way. So when we're talking about the 55 and older crowd, uh, we have to really get inside their heads to be successful in marketing to them and think about what's keeping them up at night, what are the things that are most troubling to them, and how can we be someone who makes their personal or professional life better? 
When we do that, when we get into the mind of our targeted client, we're best able to market to them. So let me give you a couple of marketing um, rules of mine of things that don't work, and then we'll turn okay. to things that do work. Okay, so things that don't work include the following. Not getting out of your office, not trying at all, doing something once. I've worked with many lawyers who say, Stacy, I had that lunch, we're done. And that's <laughs> not something that works at all. Um, all right. Sounding and looking like everyone else. I'm an attorney as opposed to I'm an attorney who helps uh, the 55 and older crowd remain in their homes and remain uh, viable and whatever else you'd like to explain is that particular pain point. Uh, other things that don't work are, and this is important today, especially I think with the 55 and older crowd, is looking properly, hmm. uh, dressing poorly. The rules of first impression really do apply. And I think that because we have higher degrees, we are attorneys, we need to come to the table looking like brain surgeons would if we needed a brain surgeon. So mm -hmm. I, I may sound very old school, but I am in favor of uh, less dress casual and more dress up. Mm -hmm. uh, so other things, I don't believe that brochures necessarily convey great information that hooks people in. They're nice to have, they're expensive to make, but I don't think that they are um, the means to actually bring in clients most of the time. Same thing with one-time advertising, not, a not in favor of that at all. It's probably okay. one of the most expensive things that you can do. So that would include billboard advertising, direct mail. Um, other things that don't work, I think, are huge and wordy newsletters and client alerts that are replete with legalese. Hmm. Um, I'm very, I'm going to give you a great tip here. I'm very big on the three paragraph client alert or three paragraph newsletter. First, okay. Okay. Here's how it works. First paragraph is what's the development Two second paragraph is why should you care how it affects you? And third paragraph is what you need to do now. That's it. Okay. Um, so in addition to that, most directory listings, I think for some attorneys are not very helpful. And we'll, we can talk about Avo and Google and Facebook reviews and such in just a second as well. Um, invoices that show lazy billing practices. So I believe that an invoice can be one of your most important marketing pieces. Um, getting mentioned in the newspaper once, doing things that are outside your comfort zone, telling clients that you're swamped, and here's the drum roll, not having a formal marketing plan in place. So I don't hmm. believe in rifle shot marketing. I'll try this today. I'll try this right. tomorrow. What I try to work with attorneys on is having a 60-day marketing plan. The first part of the plan focuses on three current clients. The next part of the plan focuses on three referral sources. The next part of the plan focusing focuses on activity within some sort of association or group where clients are, and that okay. can be writing, speaking, hosting, leading. And the fourth category that's on the 60-day marketing plan are three prospective clients. And on purpose, Rebecca, they're at the bottom of the plan because mm -hmm. bringing in a new client is three times as costly and as time-consuming than it is to focus on current clients and referral sources who already know and like you. 
Yeah. So, Stacey, when you talked about, you know, getting to know our target audience and kind of getting into their minds, what do you suggest? How do we do that? How do we find out, you know, um, what our clients are thinking and, and, you know, where our target audience can be reached? That's an excellent question, and I'm so glad you asked it. I advise my clients that they should have a protocol for their first meeting with a new client. And at that protocol, they should go over all kinds of things from the client's perspective, meaning, are you a a telephone person or do you prefer emails or do you prefer texts? What time of day is best to reach you? How much of the paperwork do you want to have exposure to? Do you want to be part of planning meetings and strategy sessions? So the first part of this meeting is going through what I have said is client preferences. And I actually call them client service preferences. How would you like to be served? Because very importantly with elder law, we're talking about the experience of being your client. And um, I'm going to give an advertisement to someone who is not paying me named Dennis Snow, (laughs) who has written a wonderful book called Lessons from the Mouse. Dennis used to be an executive at Disney World. And now he lectures people on how Disney created the experience uh, rather than just the ride on the roller coaster that people talk about for their lives. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Dennis says that's applicable to elder law attorneys is that the whole experience should wow them. Uh, They should feel that it's opening day every day when they come into your office or speak to you on the phone, that there's that same level of vitality and enthusiasm with each encounter with your practice, with your secretary, with your receptionist. And the second thing that Dennis uh, says among many great pieces of advice is everything speaks. And that means that when you're at Disney World, if you see a piece of trash on the ground, that speaks something silently to you. Same thing Mm -hmm. when I enter any of your offices as a client and I see that the magazines in the reception area are four years old and that the wallpaper's coming off the wall and there's chip paint in various places, that speaks to me differently than if I'm entering a very well-kept cutting-edge office. Mm -hmm. So at this initial meeting, after going over their service preferences, I then turn the discussion to things like, tell me a lot about you. Are you part of a support group? What associations are you a member of? Where do you go, if you're still working, where do you go for your professional education? Um, What do you read? What uh, television stations do you get your news from? Um, Would you ever hire anyone from a billboard or um, a television advertisement? And I I ask those questions very lightly um, Mm -hmm. so that that the clients are not feeling that this is a big fishing expedition into uh, too much. But uh, in the past, it's worked very, very well to help make sure that I have some what I call marketing 411 as to where I should be spending my marketing dollars and time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when you talk about gathering that information, you know, you're referring to that discussion with the client. And I have seen some firms, and I know our firm does as well, has like an intake form that the client, when they first meet with us, will fill those items out. So do you find that that discussion with the client is more effective and a better use than having a form that the client would fill out? There's a lot of great elder law attorneys out there. What's going to separate the experience of someone hiring you 
versus another elder law attorney is going to be the, the experience of working with you. Do you feel as a client that you're the only matter on that attorney's desk? Do you feel that your calls are returned promptly? Do you feel that things are being explained to you in a way that you understand? Uh, so all of that is part of the experience of being your client. And I think it is really incumbent upon top elder lawyers today to work and make sure that they are pretending that they are the client. So if a form is very um, making you feel autonomous and not right. loved by your attorney, an eye to eye conversation would be terrific. Yeah, yeah. And you also mentioned, you know, with that client experience, the little touches that we make with the client throughout, um, you know, the client experience. You mentioned, you know, the receptionists and that first impression when they walk into your office. Um, are there some things that, you know, we can be doing, just the little tweaks here and there um, yeah. to kind of help with that client experience? Another great question. Absolutely, yes. Um, about... 10 or 15 years ago, I started becoming what I'd like to call a secret shopper of law firms. And anyone can do this for their own practice now. So you want to check all the ports of entry, as I call them. What's the experience like of calling your office? What if you ask tricky questions like, do you have a handicap ramp? Is there parking for the disabled outside? Um, do you take dog bite cases? You know, just a whole litany. Mm -hmm of questions that your receptionist needs to ably juggle to inure to your firm's benefit. Now, before I jump back to your question, I just want to mention about the dog bite question. That's an opportunity for your receptionist to give that call to an attorney so that they can refer that out to three personal injury attorneys who will be grateful that the referral was given. And I know we're going to be talking about a referral network in just a little bit, but wrong questions to your receptionist can also be beneficial to your practice in terms of growing your referral network. But anyway, the ports of entry, number one, receptionist in person and over the phone. Mm -hmm. Second would be physical layout of the office. I've walked through the ladies' rooms, the men's rooms, the meeting rooms, and I've sat in different chairs. Um, I've watched how the receptionist treats other people when I'm waiting for the attorney. I've noted how long I'm being kept waiting. I also check whether an assistant comes down and or the receptionist firmly shakes my hand with eye contact, welcomes me by my name, asks me if I would like a drink, if I need anything else, computer access, can I take your coat, any of those kinds of things, those are all a, a kind of checklist that any law firm can put into place when hiring and training a receptionist so that they have their own protocols in place. But again, the assistant is very important in this or the paralegal. And I uh, really enjoy when I'm introduced to the team, the team that would be helping Stacey Clark for a particular mm -hmm. matter. Other points of, of entry would be the website, whether there's a contact form, how quickly uh, website communications are responded to by the firm, the attorney. Mm -hmm. um, and finally would be um, if I email an attorney directly off the website, what's the response time like? Hmm. Uh, the other thing I'd like to mention is voicemail. Um, I'm very much in favor of the attorney being the voice on the voicemail as opposed to the assistant. You've reached the office of Mr. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of off-putting. And again, if I'm the secret shopper sitting in the 
the chair of the client. I want that warmth of someone's personality coming through their voicemail. So here's a little tip. When you're recording your voicemail message, smile. The warmth of your personality will come through. And in addition, make sure with your voicemail message that there's a way for a caller to get to a human being, that there are such instructions. So that's another thing as a secret shopper, I would find very vexing is how difficult it was to get to talk to a person and how off-putting some of the messages were. So again, as part of your secret shopping exercise, listen to your voicemail, listen to your assistant's voicemail, your paralegal's voicemail, and also look at what their away messages are like. It's very important to try to have an away message that allows, again, a client to get to a human being at all times. Uh, I personally don't favor the default email message. I'm away from the office and can't take calls. I'm much more in favor of doing something more personalized, like I'm in depositions from noon to 1 p.m. I'll be returning phone calls after that. But if you need someone in the interim, please contact. And then you obviously provide a name. Yeah. What's so interesting, I mean, these things that we're talking about, greetings and voicemails, offering coffee, making sure your receptionist offers to take the coat, they're so simple, you know, and cost nothing. But you're right, they're so impactful and can make that whole client experience just so different. Yeah, I I kind of want to add one other thing. Do you remember, Rebecca, when Norm walked into the bar at Cheers? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone yells, Norm. And so <laughs> I think that everyone's law firm should be like the Cheers bar in the sense that you've prepared as an attorney for the arrival of that special new client, that you've alerted the receptionist that Stacy Clark is coming, that your assistant, your paralegal, everybody knows. So that when Stacy walks into the firm, it's hello, Stacy. We're so excited to have you here. That's such yeah. a dramatic difference than, I'm sorry, who are you here to see? Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned a little bit too, just kind of shifting gears. Um, I'm always so interested to hear different perspectives on social media and firms and attorneys using that as an outlet for advertisement. Um, you know, you hear so many different things. And I was curious to hear what your thoughts are on social media um, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and, and what you think. Do you think that's effective? Do you think that's worth our time as attorneys? Well, my feeling on them is this. I think it's worth to have tools in your toolbox. And I think that's one of the tools. But to me, it's maybe one of the least important tools. It's kind of like having a website. It's a given. So you need to have a LinkedIn profile that accurately depicts your practice and sells you as well and talks about the pain that you solve for people because that's what people are buying is your solution to that pain. I think it's important, uh, as I mentioned, to have uh, an up-to-date LinkedIn profile for your firm and for yourself. In that regard, I would only connect with people that you actually would know their names on the street. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. saw them, don't accept all random invitations. And I'd use LinkedIn and I'd use Facebook as tools for posting information about my practice, successes that I have had that can be made public under the rules of professional responsibility. And I would um, use them to provide content, 80% of which is directed at improving the life, business or personal, of my audience, 
not promoting myself. I would save things like press releases and articles that I've written for 20% of the posts and remain with 80% of the posts being something that inures to the personal or professional um, life of my audience. How can I make their world better? Which kind of gets back to that what's in it for me mindset. Mm-hmm. How we have to be thinking about all social media posts. So do you need a website? Do you need a terrific headshot? Do you need a fantastic bio? Yes. Do you need social media? Okay, yes. The, the website's going to be much more important. It doesn't hurt to use the free services that are available to you. I have not found that many clients have come to my clients via social media, but it's maybe that I just haven't heard the anecdotes enough. By far and away, the number one way that my clients are getting work is by referrals, building up a strong referral network, and by former clients referring them. And we can talk about that as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the other thing, too, I'm always interested. I know I've noticed a lot of elder law attorneys, and we talked about getting out in the community. Um, And, you know, one thing I see a lot of elder law attorneys doing is speaking engagements and seminars and educational um, programs for clients. Is that something that you see um, as having a big return and and worth our time? Absolutely. A well-constructed short, underlined short, (laughs) presentation can go a long way to instilling uh, trust and credibility in you as an attorney with your target audience. And I think the important thing is with these presentations that you're talking about a pain point, to get back to that phrase again, what's keeping your audience up at night? What's the takeaway you can give them after 22 minutes? And I say 22 minutes because KYW, one of our local terrific radio stations here, limits the news to 22 minutes because they say, at least I believe I've heard this, that that's the human attention span, that we go on to other things after 22 minutes. So if you can have a cogent presentation without legalese that's speaking to a problem that your audience has and don't give away the store, leave them wanting more, then yes, presentations can be hugely effective. In addition to that, a great handout at the presentation that is either a toolbox or a checklist or things you should be thinking of next is excellent because you want that next step. You want the client or the prospective client to engage with you. Hmm. Now, Stacey, as we kind of wrap up, any last minutes of wisdom, words of wisdom for our audience on, you know, things that they should definitely be spending their time on? I mean, we talked about the little touches, little things they can do. Anything else that you wanted to add to that that discussion? Yeah, sure. Um, I have two handouts that I give to my clients. And if you go to my website, Stacy Clark Marketing, these handouts are written about in articles that are on my website. Um, I give my clients a five-page list of what I call value-added touches, things to do for clients during the representation that do not show up on the bill that inure to their personal or professional benefit. I have a separate checklist called the care and feeding of referral sources so that lawyers are actively thinking about their three top referral sources, their three current clients in such a way that inures, again, to their personal or professional benefit. And finally, I have a protocol for when the matter ends, things to do for now former clients so they keep thinking of you top of mind status. 
and talking about you and telling their friends and their circle of acquaintances how terrific their experience was with you. Great. Thank you so much, Stacey. Um, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Um, and for our audience, you can find Stacey, as she mentioned, on her website, which is stacyclarkmarketing.com. Thank you all for listening to Outer Law Answers for Attorneys. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to share it with a friend or a colleague. You can just, um, subscribe on iTunes and find all of our past episodes at podcast.elderlawanswers.com. See you next time.